right, so you may have noticed this sounds a little different. I don't have John Anderson introducing me for the show, and that's because this isn't really a full podcast. This is just going out to all of the subscribers to the podcast, so if you are a subscriber... Thank you. Um, but this isn't going to be a full show today. And I want to welcome to the program, though, a very special guest. I don't think she's ever been on the uh, any podcast or radio show up until this point. I think this is the first time and it is Christy Callender. Welcome to the show. Hi, Pete. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so this is this is my wife. And uh, so I'm, I'm holding the microphone. So I apologize if you uh, hear some of the, the movement on the mic, just because we only have one mic in the room, but we're making it work. So, um, so this is the end of the year. And I wanted to have you on to kind of talk to the subscribers because people have gotten to know you in the uh, the chats on the live streams where um you kind of act as a moderator. Uh, and so I figured, you know what, let's have Christy come in and talk about sort of the year in review last year, but also uh, talk a little bit about our goals for 2021 as well. I heard on the radio yesterday a guy say that uh, he would he likes the term goals rather than resolutions. And I thought I like that, too. So let's talk about the year in review. So uh, start us off. 2020 starts in uh, you know January, obviously, and you had just moved up here. And what did you expect 2020 to be? Well, I moved up here in June of 2019. And so I was hoping 2020 would be a full year of Asheville and I would not be hurting so much from leaving Charlotte because I have trouble letting go. So I was reattaching to Asheville, looking forward to a year that was entirely Asheville. And then January 14th happened. What was January 14th? You lost your job. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, so what happened? Uh, what, what went through your mind when because I called you and uh, after I was uh, told that they were uh, I was part of a nationwide uh, what they called a RIF, a reduction in force or employee dislocation. So uh, what went through your mind? You sent me the texts, you know, saying, I think I'm about to get riffed where it was morning. We're literally two weeks into the new year. And I told my boss, Pete's losing his job. We're probably going to have to leave town. Didn't know where we would go at that point. But it looked like that was it for Asheville. So I wrote a blog pretty soon thereafter, because that's how I process things, is to write them, entitled, I Just Got Here, because I wasn't ready to go yet. I was only six months in, and I didn't want to leave and go somewhere else. And I think everybody who's listening to this knows it looked like Charlotte is where we were going to go. And that felt like such a backwards move, even though it was comfortable and it was easy. And there were a lot of good parts of it. A lot of people that we still miss and love and we're glad to return to. But we just came from there. I just came from there anyway. And I wasn't ready to just go back there yet. So all those things were going through my head. So for folks who may not know, Christy used to live in Asheville. She's originally from Mint Hill, which is one of the, quote, small towns outside of Charlotte, Mecklenburg County. And uh, you moved to Asheville after you got out of college. So you had friends here. And uh, we met, though, when you had gone back to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And then when I got the job in Asheville, we split our time. Basically, I, I got a small apartment in Asheville and we would go back and forth uh, back and forth on weekends. And uh, it wasn't ideal, but we made it work and we don't have kids. So it was obviously easier for us to do that. And then um, you had finally decided to move to Asheville, leave your job in Charlotte. And that was six months before. 
I lost my job. She had literally just moved up here, gotten a job, and uh, and then I got rift. So uh, you were thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to have to move back. So uh, that did not happen, obviously. Yeah, go ahead. And I also felt bad for the boss I had here, who had just lost his paralegal, who hadn't even been there a year. They've had a lot of turnover, which isn't my fault. But here I had promised them I'm going to stick around a while. They had paid me top dollar to hire me from a larger market and i promised them i'm not going anywhere i'm moving i'm staying haha <laughs> just kidding so <laughs> all right so keep in mind your employer might hear this all right so uh <laughs> so after the charlotte deal did not work out uh i said why don't i try to do this podcast on my own and people had written to me and they'd asked me uh are you going to do this you should do this they were encouraging me to do it and i said i might as well try it now strike while the iron is hot basically in the in in the media world you better do it quickly or else people forget about you pretty quickly so uh so i said this is what i think we should do and what were your thoughts about the podcast idea did you think it was going did you think it would be successful did you think it would work because full disclosure like i wasn't so sure at all I didn't know. I don't pay to listen to any podcast. So I didn't know if it would work or not. I guess I didn't really give it a lot of will it or won't it work. I I hoped it would work because you're so good at what you do. And I wanted it to work for you. I know everybody has a podcast, but I've listened to lots of them and I don't they're not all created equal. The question was, would any would it be profitable? And and we just didn't know. So I I didn't really have a wager on it. I guess it was sort of a just we'll see. And we didn't really have any other options. So I don't think I gave it much more thought than that. That was just what we were doing. So when the uh, so I start the show, start the pandemic, uh, start the uh, podcast up, and then the pandemic hits. Um which has provided a lot of content, obviously. And um, I don't know if it's been beneficial for the show or not. And there's no way to know that at this point, obviously. Um, it's just these were the current events that I was kind of thrust into. But uh, and we, I've talked about this on the show a couple of times that I, I am just psychologically apparently built just fine for <laughs> for hanging out uh in a in this studio office now all day and working uh over the phone and working via the uh you know video monitors and stuff and via email so i'm okay with this you not so much so you had just come back to town and uh you are a people person you want to go out your social butterfly you want to go out and hang out with all sorts of people so what has this year been like uh for you in that regard not good I'm very much a social person and I had joined roller tried to join roller derby to meet people and to exercise to get back into skating and I met a great group of people through that and COVID put an end to that because we had to disband you can't it's an incredibly contact sport so you can't do that during COVID and we tried to stay in touch through Zoom and that lasted for a while but the only person I've kept in touch with a great deal from roller derby is the person who had kept the zoom chats going um the friends that i had when i came up here i still see but we see each other probably a lot less than we would have without covid there are some people who the entire year since covid started we've only seen each other outdoors we don't touch i miss that um i've written about that also i think the social ramifications of covid have been largely ignored 
unless I've missed it. You know, I've seen them mentioned, but it's when you're looking at life and death, it's not as important, it seems, to talk about the people who are hurting on the inside, even when some of that internal pain is leading to people taking their own lives Mm -hmm. or to people not having the hope they need to fight their physical battles and then they die sooner than they might have otherwise. I think a lot of that's being neglected. And I understand we have a lot to deal with right now fighting a fatal, potentially fatal illness but it's a huge loss, I think, to me, the lack of social things from from a standpoint of children. Like our niece we're going to go see today, who's going to be three, who's really known no other world. And how is that going to affect the little kids who've grown up this way? Assuming that it doesn't change. Maybe the vaccine works and life gets back to normal. But if it doesn't, you got people who are growing up in a mass society and a touchless society, a contactless society. And how weird is that? We were already talking before COVID started about how weird people were getting with just screen time and lack of social cues and things like that. There was a TV show that I don't think has made it called Reverie with... um, Sarah Shahi and one of her skills was she went into virtual reality but she talked about all the cues you pick up just in looking at people that you miss with the devices and things like that so all those things that are changing now because we're in this don't touch me don't even be around me let's be remote society I just Add to that someone like me who needs to see about a billion people a week. I counted at one point that I see maybe nine people a day and how sad that was. And somebody was like, wow, I live alone. I work from home. Like, that's a whole lot of people. So there are more people like me, I think. I just hear more, it seems, lately from the introverts like you who are saying, this is fantastic. We love it. We work from home. We don't care. It's, you know, a great world. And I am impressed with how everybody's made COVID work that way. The way people have learned to be contactless and remote is brilliant and safe and great. But that also takes me back to a movie called The Net with Sandra Bullock, where her identity got stolen and nobody could really help her out because she was so withdrawn and so reclusive. I've gone down some rabbit holes here, but um, I need to see more people. (laughs) She's watching a lot of TV and movies. (laughs) So, uh, all right, let's shift gears to 2021. And... um, I know I said I don't like the term like resolutions mainly because they're uh, I don't ever keep them. Uh, so do you have any goals for 2021 at this point or are you still thinking of some? I've got to lose some weight. <laughs> like I don't know if it's COVID or what, but it's going in the wrong direction and I really don't understand it. Um So that's a goal. I'd like to keep reading because one thing COVID gave me was the time to read. I finished actual books for the first time and I don't know how long. I want to not get overextended like I used to be, even though I really miss people. I've enjoyed spending more time at home and sitting on the balcony. I want to move into our home. I think that'd be fantastic. Thank you, Rowena Penn. (laughs) Rowena, make it happen. (laughs) Um, So those are some goals I have. Yeah. Uh, And so and so I I, I laid this out the other night on the live stream uh, that the goal for the show in the next year is uh, you're going to hear you're going to hear a difference in the way the show is constructed, uh, but you will still get the content. So um, it is just going to be in in different sort of segments and that is because the goal now is to take the show and offer it up to uh, radio stations around the state 
and if they want to now take uh, take the the show up, it'll be in segments that they will then be able to easily put into their lineups. So uh, that's the goal for the show for the next year. And is there anything else that you want to add that you think is okay? Yeah. Yeah. Is that your only goal? Is that your personal goal? What are your goals for next year? That is. That's the big one. It's going to take a lot of. It's going to take a lot of effort and to keep doing the show, and to get get to the one year anniversary mark for when we launched, which would be you know roughly march 1st i'll call it mm-hmm. um it's actually like february 28th i want to say but um yeah to to make it a year i think that's going to be an accomplishment and uh you get in the house as well yeah i don't know that's about it I, what all right you people who <laughs> who like to connect dots out there let it not be lost on you that Pete's show started around the time covid started that's just a coincidence, though. That are there coincidences? Are there? And yes. how is how has uh, the pandemic affected you? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know it's it's tough watching you. I know that and the way it has affected you, but um, I'm not sure. It's just it it's given me a really good excuse to sit in the studio all day and work a lot, which um, I do. I work a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that's. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe looking back, it will. I know I drank a lot more alcohol at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, that that more. wasn't good. So um, I know I did that. But um, no, other than that, I think it just it's it's given this Gen X. Uh, I don't want to say introvert because I'm not really an introvert, but I'm, pr- I'm I'm I am I am prone to hermitage or hermitude. Uh, so I understand that this has given me a lot of cover socially so i don't have to go out (laughs) and and uh mill around with people but this is fine um i don't know i I am looking forward to getting back sort of to normal if the vaccine uh is effective and it leads to a lot of the rollback on some of the restrictions so i'm hoping that that happens but um right now the focus is get the show to the one-year mark and start getting it into other radio markets i think that's the those are the goals for 2021. All right. So, is there anything else that you want to that you want to add that you think is important or interesting to note here for the subscribers? So many things. Um, just that we really couldn't do it without you. I had written a prepared statement that we we kind of scrapped because we just did this conversation, which I think is better. And I wanted to say some of it because we really couldn't do this without you guys. Um, Like I said at the beginning, I I didn't know if it would work. I didn't really give it a lot of thought. And seeing how much Pete's success depends on your patronage has got me thinking a lot differently about how I respond to other podcasts. I subscribe to a lot more podcasts than I used to just because subscribing alone helps, downloading helps, listening to them helps. So sometimes I even have to listen to other podcasts or at least pretend to just to, just to help them out. But we literally wouldn't be here without you. I mean, everything... Pete, I want to work on Pete's work-life balance in the next year or else he's going to die soon and you won't have him anymore. But he's all of it. He He's the talent. He's the labor. He's the tech support. He's the sales. He's the marketing. He's everything. I help him out a little bit when it comes to shipping. I went to the post office today. You're welcome. A couple of people who are going to get some mail. But it's his work ethic and experience that are apparent every episode you hear, every sincere live read, and every clever segue. But without your support, the 
Pete Callender Show would not exist almost a full year later. We are humbled and grateful. We remain hopeful that Pete's gift of political gab will continue for many more years as his career, thanks to your support. If you're listening, subscribing, downloading, Patreoning, is that the right word? That could be a word. And or advertising, we are deeply, truly, and eternally grateful. That was what I had wanted to say. That's Christy Callender. I am Pete Callender. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, we will, uh, well, I will talk to you next time. And uh, don't break anything while we're gone. 